Hey everybody, welcome to A Girl Talks. This is episode four, Transparent. If you're listening to this episode, you're going to probably want to be informed that this episode is not about transparency, but about being a trans parent. We'll be also talking about trans youth and just the whole conversation of transgender. Um, here at A Girl Talks, we want to be able to focus on topics of current related events and be able to inform people in a non-biased way by providing forms of material that can educate a person. Um, the intent is never to change a person's mind or feeling. We all have the right to practice our own beliefs we also have to practice respecting other people's rights as well. One of the most difficult roles I can't even begin to imagine is parenting, okay? And it must be so difficult to be able to set boundaries and build structures that are going to help this little human being grow up to become a responsible and successful adult. I do not have kids, but I do have a niece and nephews. And I worry so much for them because of the times that have changed so drastically from when I was a young uh, individual growing up to what it is we see um, on social media and in news today. You just want to protect their fragile minds and hearts. And I get it. And I worry. And I'm not even a parent. <laughs> I'm just their tita, their aunt. You know, they say it takes a tribe to be able to raise a child. Um, meaning family, friends, and society, school. All these layers to be able to have a fundamental base for this child who looks up to every single adult in their life in a way that they admire and aspire to become. So it's very important. Um, without strong parental support, uh, it is very hard for an individual to grow up um, in a space where they feel safe, in a space where they're not threatened. Uh, so I want you to take that notion and not forget that a parent of a transgender child is no different. And a trans child is no different than a cisgendered child, meaning a child that identifies as the gender they were born into versus someone who has transitioned into the gender they identify. Um, growing up a transgender child or a child in the LGBT community without strong parental support can be very, very, very difficult and even life-threatening compared to that of their other peers. Um, transgenders and youth of the LGBTQ suffer higher rates of depression, suicide, substance abuse, and homelessness. And this is especially true in the transgender community. Um, it's actually the highest so, so keep that in mind. I also want you to keep in mind that being transgender is not something a parent can change or 
is the result of or the reason why. Um, actually, there's a ton of new research that show that this is something that is not a mental health issue. This is a real thing that has been discovered, diagnosed, and accepted in the World Health Organization. In fact, um, having it labeled as a mental illness, uh, it was removed in uh, 2019. So um, whatever idea or misconception you may have of people in the transgender community, please be mindful of the facts and the facts prove that this is something very real. Now, although a parent can't change their child from feeling or becoming trans, um, parents do play a major role in making sure that their transgender child stays healthy, feels safe, and live their truth and their truth only. They don't rape them away from their joy. More transgender people are diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Uh, it's a uh, distress that happens from uh, the mismatch between the gender they identify as and feel that they are uh, versus their sex assigned at birth. And the amount of stress that these individuals have vary from person to person and can take a course of a person's lifetime to be able to manage or completely let go of. But one thing is true, scientists and studies um, have known in conversations that I've had with friends of mine that are transgender, um, I know that transitioning helps them make the stress go away. Um, I compare it a lot to my eating disorder. Um, it's not something that you completely can shake off. Um, it's something you have to face every day. And it's it's a battle that becomes more manageable, more controlled, and less difficult to cope with. Um, obviously, it's not the same exact thing, but it's something that I put people um, in their mind so that they could have a better grasp and empathy on what exactly gender dysphoria is. And the reason it might take a person a whole lifetime to be able to get through is because many people, it takes them almost a whole lifetime to come out. Uh, we saw that with Caitlyn Jenner, who lived her life mostly in the gender she was assigned to at birth versus who she always felt she was. And that's sad and that's very difficult and that's very stressful. But now we see more and more parents um, embracing their children's feelings and choices with what they identify as. And I feel that the reason why more parents are opening their minds and their hearts to it when it comes to their child who is coming out as transgender is because society has allowed a space for many transgender activists to step out and live in their truth and share their story in hopes to help someone or inspire someone to be greater than anything it is that society might want to uh, constrict them from being. 
One example is my boyfriend. He's transgender and he is openly out. Uh, and then by being openly out, he is an activist in the transgender community. Um, he himself was one of the population that were homeless and whose life completely went upside down the moment he came out to live in his truth. His family was not supportive. Um, they disowned him. They didn't speak to him for, for years. And um, that meant having to grow up really, really fast in a very, very dangerous world. And it's stories like this um, that help mold the minds of parents of younger generations of transgender to know that at the end of the day, your child is still your child, regardless of what it is they identify their gender to be. You still have a child and it is better to protect that child than to throw them out there in this really, really, really dangerous world that we currently live in. Parents need to always be transparent with their child when it comes to their love. Society will try to pressure a parent into feeling bad or quieting their child. But as long as you know your truth and where you stand with your child, it doesn't matter what other people have to say or think or feel about your choice that you are doing with your child. Embracing a child's true gender identity involves helping them transition not only medically and physically but also socially and each transgender person's journey is so unique and can can face so many different issues at different ages of their transition we've got cyberbullying we've got uh, physical attacks where people are being targeted we have um, bills that try to strip away um, the same human rights that we all have just because uh, it's not in the verbiage of the law. So they completely shun these group of people that identify as transgender and, and strip them away from their human birth rights. But allow me to get back to the core family. Studies prove that when a family member or family as a whole rejects their transgender child, um, it can lead to behaviors that can put their health at risk. It can trigger depression and other mental health problems, real mental health problems. You see people, people want to always say that being transgender is a mental health problem. No, being rejected and not having the support of the people that are meant to love you can be the result and cause effect um, to various health problems like uh, depression and uh, suicidal ideations, which is part of the worst case, that along with being homeless. So in other words, family support can be the difference between life and death. I want to educate my listeners on the basics of gender, okay? Uh, we are not born knowing what it means to be a boy or a girl. In fact, what is a boy? What is a girl? Um, that that we know of was taught to us from our parents, other children, and people around us, society. Um, girls play with dolls and boys build things. Girls 
cook and play in the kitchen and play house while men, you know, go out there and they make the money and they're out there with suits and ties. Um, all that has definitely changed in the midst of the years that have gone by. Women are coming out, um, not having children, if at all, um, in their later point in life or um, choosing careers that make them the head of the house. Um, so the definition of a man or a woman is completely biased and subjective to the person uh, that you're speaking to. Um, but when it comes to what it means to be a boy or girl, it, it's a learning process that was taught by people surrounding us. At the very moment when a child is born and the doctor uh, announces to the world, um, it's boy, it's a girl. That is the moment we begin to teach uh, these social norms and social lessons. Um, whether it's sorting out the colors blue for boys and pink for girls or, or toys specifically um, catered to their gender um, or referring to girls as it's cute and it's pretty or to a boy that that's strong and that's right. It continues on um, into adolescence, into young adulthood and uh, adulthood. Um, social expectations of what is feminine expression and what's masculine expression and what um, behavior uh, as per the gender they were born into um, become more and more and more rigid. Um, and as I, and I talk about it and then as you listen to it, I hope you can see how ridiculous it is um, if you think about it. But that is, that is not gender. You know, um, gender doesn't just exist by these terms that just bind an individual to this label, this word. Um, gender has a huge, vast uh, spectrum of, of definition. And uh, all individuals that express their gender um, and choose to identify their gender vary so vastly in degree on both um what is masculine and what is feminine. Uh, to be honest with you, I am a cis-born woman who has really strong and really masculine um, traits, uh, very uh, independent, very strong-headed, very well. And again, this is the social terms, um, but that does not make me less of a woman or not the right type of woman. It just means that um, I have not pigeon-boxed myself in a place where society will tell me who I am, what I should be, and what I should do. And I, I'm fortunate enough that my parents um, have allowed me a space to be able to uh, discover that. Um, I think going to an all-girls school definitely opened my eyes into the power of what it is to be a woman and what we're more than capable of doing contrary to social norms. And it's no different for transgenders who also identify along the same spectrum where, you know, to be a boy doesn't necessarily mean all these things. However, um, they do identify their gender as something different than what it was they were assigned to at birth. I really want people to really hone in on that. Uh, to be transgender is identifying yourself as the gender that you feel and identify as, which is completely different than the gender you were born into at birth. 
few minutes ago, I had mentioned gender dysphoria and I expressed it to be a distress between um, what your mind and heart feels to what your eyes and everyone else sees. Um, but to, to really give you a better idea of what gender dysphoria is, um, according to the American Psychiatric Association, it is a persistent and authentic disconnection between the sex that was assigned to them at birth to their internal sense of who they are. And it's this disconnection um, that causes this gender dysphoria. And this gender dysphoria uh, will cause pain and distress um, for the lives of these individuals. And it's that pain and distress that um, solidifies the definition of gender dysphoria. If you're a parent of a transgender child, especially, um, you do not want your child to be in pain just like any other parent you do not want your child to suffer or be in distress or be unhappy so the parent of a transgender child will normally allow uh, social transitions to occur um, some of it as uh, simply uh, the mode of dress or hairstyle uh, if it's a boy that identifies as a, as a girl um, allowing their hair to grow wear nail polish wear a dress um, if it's a, a child that was born female that identifies as male it's allowing them to wear quote-unquote boy clothes and cutting their hair it could even go to the extent of choosing a whole new name and using the proper correct pronouns for their child. And these are some of the social changes that um, parents can uh, help partake in the transition for their child. And at times it's these easy things that you can reverse um, that might be pivotal and crucial. Um, it may be just all a child really needs to thrive into adulthood. Now, these are things that you're seeing right now in the public eye um, in a family that is well-known. Uh, Gabrielle Union is a superstar, um, one of the elite actresses um, in the world of film, TV. And then you have um, Dwayne Wade, who is a retired basketball player who is very respected, very well-known globally, internationally, worldwide, who are in fact um, taking these tools, taking this information, asking more, uh, going over and beyond as any parent should um, for their child. And um, they are doing their very best to be able to support their child in their transition by um, educating themselves, using the proper pronouns, allowing their child uh, to read name themselves and also um, to dress quote unquote feminine. So with this, uh, these are these are just examples of what a little bit can go a long way. And it's probably really scary uh, to be in the public eye and be in the the constant uh, tabloids and blogs and social media pages. Um, but regardless with all that, um, they're moving forward with love and respect and um, giving their child the proper dignity that they deserve, which again, um, 
Zaya is very fortunate and blessed to have that um, in her life because uh, back, back, back before this was a conversation to be had like it is now, um, families, again, were disowning their children, um, kicking them out of their home. And that is the main reason why uh, there were a lot of transgender youth that were homeless, um, like I stated earlier today with the t statistics and the facts. Um, but with the way society is leveraging social media, it's allowing people space to be themselves and be advocates and share their stories and enlighten uh, parents and, and the youth uh, who might be in similar situations and even adults who um, grew up in a time where it might not have been something that was accepting or something that you might want to discuss and disclose. But now um, social media has been a beautiful platform uh, to allow people to, to live and speak in their truth. And for a lot of new parents, uh, there's a large question uh, moving forward when they see their toddlers or their young child, you know, when they see their sons playing with dolls or their daughters um, playing with trucks, um, because there's so much that might confuse people or parents sometimes overthink things, um, you know, it's okay for kids um, to be displaying gender non-conforming behavior. That does not necessarily mean that your child is transgender. Um, perfect example, I grew up with two much older brothers, 11 years older than me. Um, I had a lot of their hand-me-downs. G.I. Joe is one of them. Yes, I had Barbies, but I really did enjoy playing um, Battleship and I enjoyed playing G.I. Joe and playing with their Nintendo games versus the typical just playing house. I think a lot of it is because playing house really required me to just be by myself and kind of just, you know, talk to myself and eventually that got boring. Uh, but playing these other games, which involve thinking um, and, and strategy and tactics, uh, I grew up perfectly fine is what I'm saying. So if you're a parent and you're trying to figure out whether, you know, your child is transgender or whether they're non-conforming or there's, you know, a variant, um, I think one of the things that a lot of my friends who are trans and a lot of the articles and a lot of people that I come across that talk about being transgender um, is that they're, as a child, you know, they felt this. They felt this. There are studies that kids know um, who and what they are at such a young age. So if, if you're a parent and your child is being consistent and persistent and insists that, you know, their identity uh, reflects what is opposite of what you see, um, then that's pretty much like the general rule of thumb. Um, you know, if you have a four-year-old child, let's say a, a son who enjoys wearing dresses and says that, you know, he wants to be a girl, not just once or twice, but says so as they continue to grow into their five, six, seven years of age, um, it's more than likely that he is transgender. Uh, you cannot disregard, oh, it's because he's a child. Um, but also, because they are four, um, kids are always constantly playing and dressing up and doing the, the, like I said, I would dress up like a boy. I was a tomboy. Um, so you have to be uh, a parent that 
is willing to um, accept their truth and not try to force them out of who they are, um, allow them a space to be themselves and comfortable and allow um, their voice to be heard. So again, if your child is being consistent and they persistently um, insist that they are who they say they are as they continue to grow up, then that's time to listen and that's time to um, really uh reach out to various groups or hotlines or um, communities that exist. You have to, there's, the World Wide Web is such a great tool too in order to pull out articles to be able to um, help you as a parent uh, be there because let's be, let's be really real. Being a parent for any child is very difficult. Um, so you're not alone. I feel like one of the things that some um, people who have already transitioned um, share with me is that like parents or even their friends will try to convince themselves, no, you're not transgender, you're just gay or you're just a lesbian. Um, you know, again, gender identity and your orientation to your sexual preference are two different things. Um, that's something that you're going to constantly have to uh, retrain your mind over and over again to be able to distinguish the two and separate them from each other. You know, because um, being transgender is about your identity. And you're going to hear that a lot in this podcast. And I want to drill it in as much as I can, because, again, a lot of people try to complicate it when it's it's really simple. Being gay or being lesbian um, is identifying as uh, whatever gender. If, if, if you're a man and you like another man, then you're gay. If, you're, if you identify as a woman and you're a woman, then you're a lesbian. Um, there are transgender people who do identify as gay and as lesbian, but that's once they make their transition. So for example, um, a man who, a, a boy, let's just a boy who transitions to a girl, identifies as a girl, but likes girls, then they're lesbians. Um, but if they're a, a boy who transitioned to a girl that likes boys, then they're straight, they're heterosexual. Um, so again, it, it, you gotta really just look outside the box and make it less complicated and just simplify what their gender that they identify as, that's identity. Who it is that they like, that's preference, that's sexual orientation. So if you're a parent of a, uh, of a transgender child who does identify as gay or lesbian, um, don't make them feel bad for openly discussing their sexual orientation. Um, and if you have a child that is coming out and telling you that they're trans, don't automatically assume it's that they're gay and lesbian because, you know, it's easier to accept, it's easier to explain. Um, I think that that was one of the things that my boyfriend had mentioned to me. Um, his mother was like, well, if you're a lesbian, then that's okay. I can deal with that. Um, but this whole other thing is is too complicated for, for, for me to accept or to even understand. Um it's, it's very interesting, especially with people that are religious who will say, okay, all of this is bad, but if you choose to be this, it's a lesser evil than this. No, it's not an evil thing. This is, again, this is not something brand new. This has been happening for years and years and years. People are just now openly free to express and live their lives as they want to um, without hurting anyone. And ultimately, that's what 
any religion um, um, aspires a person to be, um, someone that uh, does not hurt another human being. So when a person chooses to grow out their hair or cut their hair or wear baggy clothes or wear a dress, it's not hurting nobody. Um, in fact, it'll hurt them if they don't do what it is that they want to do in their heart and their soul. Um, so people need to be mindful and be reminded constantly that if it doesn't hurt you or change the way you live, then what a person decides to do with themselves is really none of your business or your concern. Um, later on in this episode, I'm going to talk about what parents of non-transgender people uh, should be mindful and aware of when talking to parents of transgender children. Uh, there is do's and don'ts. And um, I think that it's sort of silly to have to uh Put it all here in this in this podcast um, because it should be you know common sense. It's called proper etiquette, being you know giving someone the proper dignity that they deserve. Um, but again, people sometimes forget that these transgender kids, these transgender adults, are human beings. They're people themselves, especially kids. They're just kids. You know, and these parents, they're just parents and they're trying to do right by their kids and no one should be able to uh, feel the need to ridicule them. Um, like I mentioned earlier with Gabriella Union and Dwayne Wade, they're doing absolutely amazing things, not just for their child, but also as allies speaking up um, and trying to educate people as much as they can. And the amount of hate and the amount of humiliation that they're tr that people are trying to put on them. It's so sad and unnecessary and very tasteless. That's hurt. That's hurting someone. That's purposely hurting someone. Letting them be is not hurting someone. So people remember, like, religion is not that complicated. It's it's be good unto others, do unto others, don't hurt people. If you look at the Ten Commandments, it's all about you and what you do to another person. You know, I, I want to say, like, eight out of those 10 commandments, okay? So I don't want to go too far with religion, but I just want to let you guys have that and wrap your brain around that as we continue to go on with this episode. If you're a parent or if you're someone that um, is trying to grasp transgender and, and what it is, um, please do not disregard it as a phase. Um, I think I hear a lot of parents who have other kids or know people who have other kids might stop and think, oh my God, it's just a phase. Or they might hear other people referring to this as a phase. Um, you know, a phase is, you know, wearing all black and piercing all, you know, everything in your body that you can think of or, you know, dyeing your hair or becoming so like obsessive about something and doing something or, or, you know, like that, that, that's a phase, you know, there's so many phases, even like adults experience, but being transgender is definitely not a phase. Um, so please do not dismiss it or disregard it as being such a such a thing, because that can be very harmful in the process, especially for a young child or even an adult um, who, who needs the support and needs the, the validation of, of who they are and what they identify as. Um, you don't want to just be like, oh, you'll grow out of it. You want to be able to give them a space where they can openly, continually come up to you and ask you questions and share information and keep you in the loop of things, especially if you are 
going to keep your child living in the household um, that they live in already. You want it to be a place where they can come to as a safe haven and, and, and an oasis because they're already dealing with so much outside of home, such as at school, schools. There, there's so much bullying going on. Um, it starts as young as kindergarten and, and it works away horrifically um, into their teenage high school years. So you want your house to be able to be a space, again, where there's easier ways to be able to um, handle the transition by uh, calling them by the name that they chose to to be referenced as, by using the pronouns, by allowing them to wear and dress what it is however they want to. Um, do not think that by doing this, you're you're allowing them to experiment on their phase because that's already a toxic way of thinking things because it is not a phase. Just look at it as I love my child. I want to be there for them and I'm helping them every step of the way. That's what you should be really focused on. So some of the things that um, I want you to keep in mind if you're a parent um, or if you're, you're not a parent, um, be aware that there are going to be people that will be curious of what's happening in between your child's legs. Um, and I think that's really weird and that's gross for me to even come out and say. Um, but we live in such a world where people, again, forget that this is just a child and that this is a human being and that all human beings should be given the same dignity and respect. Um, so if, if, if you're someone who is trying to chime in and, you know, you're there trying to tell a parent, you know, uh, but your child has a penis, um, that's very inappropriate. It's very inappropriate to say. It's very inappropriate to ask. You know, um, if someone were to ask your your child, a cisgender child, or any child that you might know of, um, you might think it's like they're being perverted. They're being a predator. You know, it's it's highly inappropriate to do that. Um, so so if you're listening to this, don't ever ask a parent about their child's. Um, private parts, and don't even ask an adult that's transgender what's going on in between their legs. It is never appropriate to ask a stranger or someone that you know about their genitalia. Um, I think that uh, gender is not equal to the genitals that you were born in. I mean, that's just, that's basic facts. I mean, some kids that are cisgender might have an accident and might have to, you know, chop off uh, their penis because of something. I don't know. It's happened. Doesn't mean that they're less than or not a man. Um, it's ridiculous. Again, it's ridiculous to try to confuse the two and make sense of it because it does not make sense. And I just want for anybody that's listening to this to please keep that in mind. Um, you wouldn't want someone to come up to you and say, hey, is your boyfriend, uh, how big is his penis? That, that's, you don't want that. That's inappropriate. Same thing as the truth. Um, if you're a person uh, outside looking in, especially if you're a stranger outside looking in. If you are an outsider looking in, please don't ever dare ask a parent um, why are they allowing their child to make permanent changes to their body. Um, they don't owe you an explanation. Uh, they don't deserve to be judged. Um, 
when a child, from what I understand, decides to move forward in their transition, um, it takes a while uh, for a parent, uh, whether whether or not they are going to allow their child to be on hormones or not, because that's their child's uh, choice. And that's a choice that also needs to be made by a medical doctor. So when and how and why, um, how soon they start or how late they start is really none of your business, as long as a doctor is involved and the parent is doing everything that they can to help their child um, not live in, in, in sadness or depression. Because um, as mentioned earlier, there are things like gender dysphoria. Um, if I need a recap, um, it's, it's a, a, an emotional um, and physical experience of the two and counterpart that don't align with the, the, the sex that they, they, they were, they were birth into and with the um, gender they, they, they identify as. Um, a lot of the times, again, that can lead to um, other uh, consequences, you know, self-harm, uh, suicide. Um, you know, a parent, it's complicated. It's complex. If you're a parent, I'm not a parent, but it's, I can only understand how complicated it can be because I have nieces and nephews, and that doesn't make me a parent. That means I have little ones that I love, and I want to protect, and I want them to be happy, and I want to make sure they're safe, and I want to make sure that they don't feel like I did when I was a kid. I mean, I, I had situations where I was depressed, and you know, I was suicidal, and I had uh, tendencies to hurting myself, um, and, and, and that was all because I was stuck in a body that I felt uncomfortable with. I was stuck in a body that people made fun of me of. Um, you know, I was bullied for being heavy. I was obese. I was dealing with medical issues. And and so, you know, to say that society does not have a role when it comes to um, people in the trans community is very ignorant. Um, we as a community, as people, need to always be reminded that the way we treat and speak to other human life um, can drastically affect their mood, their mind, their psyche. So please um, try to avoid these type of remarks, these questions, these statements, because um, it is not in your, it's, it's again, it's none of your business. As, as, as politely as I can say it, um, as simple as I can say it, it is none of your business. Another thing that people should avoid and refrain from saying um, is, is when talking to a parent that um, has a transgender child, um, even though it might be an empathetic question, it might be coming from a, a place of, of, of uh, love or concern or empathy, um, which I would hope, or just coming from an evil place, it's never okay to ask a parent, so you must feel like you lost your son or your daughter. Um, it's, it's statements like this and it's questions like this that are very inappropriate um, because whether good or bad, it's a topic that a parent should not have to discuss with anyone except with their partner, except with uh, a therapist if they choose to, or, or their family and closest of friends. If they choose to talk to you about it, then you know that's one thing, but to pry on it, it's another. Um, there are a lot of uh, people that might feel like they lost their son but they gained a daughter or they lost their daughter, but they gained a son. And there are parents that will completely feel 
like they lost a child completely and they might even again disown their child their child is dead to them and that's that to me is 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 much sadder than to have a child that was born a gender and decided to live in their truth and change it into the gender they identify it because they still have a child they didn't lose a child their child is very much present the child is very much there um so whether it's coming from a good place or not, um, it is never okay to uh, bring up this type of conversation to a, a parent of a tra trans child or trans uh, kid. Um, it's a place that's very uh, sensitive. Um, put yourself in their shoes for a little bit and uh, you might be able to c c find answers your own way. Another question you shouldn't be asking a parent of a trans kid um, is, when is your child having the surgery? Um, First of all, a child may or may not decide to pursue surgery, okay? Um, they may not pursue surgery as adults. Um, and if they do, that's a decision that they'll be making on their own. And if they're a child, um, most kids will have to wait just like any other child for any type of surgery, whether it's breast augmentation, um, I, I, somewhere between the ages of 18 and 21. Um, I know when I decided to get my breast done, my surgeon really, really wanted me to wait till I was 23 because he said that's really when women stop uh, developing uh, their their female body. So um, I had to wait till I was 23 to get my breast augmentation. So this is a conversation that needs to be had with a doctor, with the child and the parent. And that's none of your business. That's none of your concern. And um, there are stages to each surgery um, and also phases on, on, on coverage for insurance. Some insurance will cover it depending on what surgeon you can find, maybe through an LGBT center or a site or a group or something where you can find the information from. And, and, and there are places that do exist that, that will work really hard with your insurance to make sure that this is um, taken care of because, again, it is a medical, um, uh, real-life thing. Um, it's not a mental disorder like I mentioned and spoke about earlier. Um, and other times, if, if they don't have insurance and there are no insurance coverages, it's figuring out ways to finance or save up to be able to do this. Um, so instead of being the person to constantly ask a parent questions, you can easily find information online. Um, you can also stop to think, would I want someone to ask me these invasive questions? And the answer is going to always be no. So um, just be a, a source of support to the person that you might know who may have a trans kid that is just coming out, that is in transition, um, or or even the early phases of all this, and is just you know curious to to explore what it is that they're feeling because again, when you're as young as four and five. It, you, it's not you can't take away the validity, but it's it's a situation where people have to always allow their child to explore who they are, um, and then again as they get older, uh, they'll be able to fully express who in fact it is they are, because that's really what a parent of a trans kid really needs. They need support as well, um, support from their peers, support from their friends, their family, their colleagues, support from society. Um, there's so much hate out there and there's so much hate crimes out there. Uh, just recently, um, as you probably have seen in your realm of social media, um, there was a trans 
transgender woman who was murdered. And it was senseless and it was cruel and it was barbaric and it was disgusting um, to, to know that human beings decided to put it in their own hands and murder someone because of the gender they identify as and to film it and to be heard laughing in the background while filming it and then uploading it on their social media. This, this video has been since taken down. Um, I have not looked for it. I don't care about it. What I care about is the injustices that exist out in this world for people exactly like Alexa, for people exactly like my boyfriend, Jamie, who choose to be trans, who are trans, who who, who choose to live their life openly and unapologetic. But there is so much fear a parent already has for a, a child that isn't transgender, but that multiplies by like a hundred when your child is transgender. Now, um, for those that might be wondering, uh, I had laryngitis for a whole week and um, it interrupted my recording scheduling. Um, but I did record a conversation um, while I was beginning to feel a little bit better uh, with my boyfriend, Jamie Wilson, who is a transgender activist and our friend, Sam Witz, who is also transgender. Um, I'm going to insert that conversation um, now. Um, we have a series of questions that were related to Dwayne Wade, Gabriella Union, who are parents of a transgender child, Zaya. So when you hear uh, the pronoun she or anything like that, um, we're talking about uh, Zaya. Um, there are some references that we do get to make um, about Dwayne and Gabriella. Um, and hopefully this conversation, um, if you're a parent or if you're just someone looking from the outside in, uh, can be informative because they are both trans men that are active in the LGBT community who have helped a tremendous amount of people um, in the LGBT community as well as in their community, the trans community. So without further ado, here is our conversation that was pre-recorded. What advice could you give a parent? Um, my advice that I always give to parents, especially with kids that are in the LGBTQ plus community is... To be a parent that your child feels comfortable to talk to, you know, no matter what the subject is, I think communication is the most important thing ever. And I never felt like I could talk to my parents. And I had a lot of times in my life where I felt alone, where I felt like no one understood me. And I really, really could have used my mom and dad that are just there for me. Also, if you're concerned, uh, you know and you really love and want to be there for your child, like, you won't know what's going on unless you talk to them. So I think just communication. Sam, your family, you know, you come from a loving family, but that yeah. loving family never really stopped. That loving family continued to love you. Yeah. You know, is there anything that they didn't do or things that you're most proud of that they did? Like, go yeah. about that. That's a good question, actually. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um... <laughs> I honestly think I agree 100% communication is the biggest thing, and I think my my whole family was really good at that. We're all very trained to be very open and communicative, um, so I think that's something I'm really proud of. Something I definitely recommend and wish they had done, I guess, a little more, like, 
publicly with me, I guess, I don't know, uh, like, shared it with me that they were doing it, is, like, doing your own research. Like, if you know your your kid is transgender and say you're okay with it or you're just confused, like, actively researching things and doing stuff on your own, like, as important as communication is and telling that you're doing that, it's, like, also your actions matter a lot. I yeah. feel like when it comes to educating yourself as a parent, really good advice is you cannot, like... For example, say you don't agree with someone being transgender. If you want to educate yourself, you can't say that educating yourself is reading biased articles about your already formed opinion. If you want to educate yourself, you have to see all sides. Every single aspect of something. That's the only actual way you're going to learn and form an opinion. Your opinion's not valid unless you know about Also, the subject. also a great resource that people don't even know about, so that's why I don't go to it, is there are specific support groups for trans or parents of trans kids. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the, I think the easiest way and the best way is learning like through experience. I think uh, and so getting that advice from other trans par- or parents of trans kids is mm-hmm. like, really how old is too young. And okay. and how how do you feel people should go about telling parents how to parent their child and how they choose to? So, well, I just have to say, based on the like, how young is too young to know who you are? Um, I think someone I read somewhere in a. It, uh, like kids kind of self-identify and know at age of like three, mm-hmm. three to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just our putting on them like you don't know and you don't understand. It's like it's very simple to understand and kids are way more intuitive than we allow them mm-hmm. to think. Um, probably more so than when we are like brainwashed, you know, as adults and we're like now we're confused and have all of that. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when when people are like, oh, you wouldn't know. Like, I had that towards me, too, when I was 18, mm-hmm. which is much older. And they're like, are you sure? Like, you haven't gone through enough life. I'm like, what life do you need to know, do you need to go through in order to know who you are? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, you don't need to be 50. No, you don't need to be 50. Well, for me, it's personal because me as a young child, three, four years old, I thought I was a boy. And I think that kind of answers the question in and of itself. It's like, I literally thought I was a guy, and it wasn't until I became older and my parents said, you are a girl, you need to be wearing braids in your hair. Yeah, That's so you're when trained. I, yeah, then I, then, I, then I was kind of pressured to be a female, and it's like the innocent me that had not been flooded with all these outside pressures of society and parents and stuff, I knew who I was. And then I had to refine myself again and go through that struggle when in reality, like, I knew exactly who I was. Yeah. I want to, like, for anybody that's listening to this for the first time, you know, studies, scientists, research have gathered that transgender children sense their own gender identity as such a very young age, no different than a cisgender child. How would you explain the difference and the similarity of sexuality and um, identity because Zaya addressed to the parents, I know that I'm not gay, but I know that I like men because I know that I am a woman. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel yeah. that in my bones. Yeah, that, was, that was like, <laughs> I, I was just like, wow. That was, cl- yeah. I mean, wow. And how, how old are they again? They're 12 years 12, old. Right. Yeah, so. Um, I would say the I similarity of the two is that it's something that 
it's not a decision. It's not a choice. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. And although your entire identity is not built on the fact that you're trans or that you're gay or you're Mm -hmm. straight, it is a part of who you are. And, you know, for me... People always say to people in the LGBT community, especially gay people, like, oh, you don't know you're gay until you try it. or until... But I don't hear those same adults telling their, you know, 12-year-old boy, oh, you don't know you like women yet. You have to go, you know, get it on with someone before you know that. No, like, there's, yeah. there's this... There's this disbelief because when someone's straight, they might not understand being gay. When someone is born the gender that they're supposed to be, they don't understand it. And the thing is, it's not for them to understand. I feel like it's just something you have to accept as a reality for people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You just like growing up, you know who you like. Mm -hmm. You know who you're attracted to. Same with gender. You just kind of know what can be confusing for both of them is like when society starts to get in the way and normalizing certain things and not other things and it's like okay now you have to kind of wade through all of that but either way it's just stuff you know and you feel um that I think is like very similar yeah let's touch on like this topic on how dangerous circumstances Mm -hmm. can occur facing society was there like a fear when it came to coming out for especially for your parents like do you get a lot of hate being transgender have you felt any type of prejudice being it do you do what how do you grasp your mind around how dangerous sometimes it is because if a person it's not even that they're calling you out because you're openly living your life and people know but what about people that are living stealth like what kind of advice or suggestion or opinion or thoughts? The biggest thing for me that I looked at that was, like, terrifying was, was the suicide rate. Yeah. And the percentages, like, just insane. I think it was 60 or 80% yeah, attempt suicide. Um, so I know for my parents, especially my dad, um, both of them, though, like, we're really, really worried about, like, you know, being safe, and especially if you're going to go put yourself out there, and that's something I have felt, and it's, like, you know, definitely stopped me a little bit, and I just try and keep going, but it is something you have to be, like, aware of, and I don't know, like, the way to deal with it is just, you know, really putting yourself in safe places. Yeah. Um, You can't control everyone and everything, yeah. so it is kind of a risk. The world is dangerous. It's scary. The world is dangerous, yeah, and it's just a sad reality. Yeah. yeah. And I think also bringing it down to the... I mean, Dwayne, I feel for him because Such literally... A figure. But literally yeah. the most at-risk... Is... The is most at-risk color. minority in the entire world is trans women of color. Of color, mm-hmm. yeah. His daughter is now a trans woman of color. Yeah. So to attack and him... In public. For, like, yeah. No, without so, her choice because he's... Right. Yeah. And so to go after a father who is probably already scared to death but doesn't want to vocalize to his daughter, like, I'm scared to death for yeah. you because you just made your life a whole lot harder. Yeah. Not on mm-hmm. purpose and it's not your fault, but yeah. now I'm mm-hmm. even more scared. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, I'm sure you already stress for your child enough as it is, the last thing he needs is a bunch of backlash when he is probably, he just, he needs support. Yeah. And she needs support yeah. because there needs to be people that stand up for I mean, trans people in general, but especially trans women of color, Mm -hmm. because I read a statistic one time and it was crazy. Like the likelihood of a trans woman of color living past the age of 33 
is like very small percent. Then that's, yeah. that's and sad. that's when they that's and a lot of times they transition after you know that they're that age. But still, like you, that was in, insane. Do you both because you're both Caucasian experience the privilege of being a man in society? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where I mean you can't you can't not in society in the way it is in America in the way it is right now. Yeah, it's like even if you try to like hold back and not be privileged, it's like. That's just yeah, how the world really works. Yeah. 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 Like, I think that a lot of times people that are Caucasian don't understand what white male privilege means unless you're trans and you see the shift of how yeah. people treated you differently as yeah, female. Yeah, experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, this shit is really, really yeah. real. Yeah. Sexism is real. What kind of advice would you give just as a person, a fellow person in their trans community that mm-hmm. they could live and hold on to moving forward because 12 years old is no longer a baby but you're still not an adult Mm -hmm. I guess I guess uh (laughs) before advice I would probably tell her that it's extremely brave of her to you know come to her parents and tell them who she is it's really admirable to you know be able to soul search at that young of an age and know who you are and how you feel and, um, you know, to have parents that, like, love you no matter what. And I think then the advice would be to really cherish that, you know, your parents are there for you and to love them and be, you know, there for them and definitely, you know, put family first and appreciate it and then take the platform that I'm sure that she will have and to do the best that she can with it. I don't think there should be responsibility put on a 12-year-old to, like, no. be the face of anything, but to just be happy and, you know, love herself as much as she can because I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. Um, yeah, incredibly brave, especially knowing regardless of if you want to be or not, you're in the limelight and representing something. And I think with that, my advice would just be, like, Regardless of everything coming at you, like, be patient. Like, it's a lot to take in and understand and go through and and from, like, the physical stuff to the mental stuff to the emotional stuff. Like, it's a lot um, for anyone of any gender of, of any age. Um, so I would say, like, just give yourself time to just sift through things and understand things. And, and I think um, allowing the world in on that journey is, like... It's just like crazy admirable and, mm-hmm. and 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 brave. And with that note, brave. That's exactly the word that we can use to describe anyone who is coming out and standing up for their belief, um, especially for parents that are supporting their children who are also brave. Um, we live in such a world where people. Uh, project so much negativity, so much hate. Uh, It takes so much effort to do that. Um, It takes so little to just mind your own business or to be kind. Um, I want to thank everyone who has tuned into this episode. Um, Thank you for your patience. Thank you for allowing yourselves to um, gather information. Um, And I want to thank my guests, uh, my boyfriend, Jamie and Sam, for allowing us to have a conversation involved in this episode to be able to be served as a tool and um, 
and a source of, of education. Uh, thank you for listening to A Girl Talks podcast, episode four, Transparent. Um, and if you have any topics or questions or inquiries, please email me at a girl talks podcast at gmail.com. Thank you and be blessed and don't forget to be kind.